Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello, hello, creatives. Welcome to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. We have a fun guest today. So we have Maya, who is an Instagram expert, and we'll get to her in a second, but we had a really lovely conversation about growth on Instagram, showing up on video, trying transitions, and getting over fear. So a lot of the fear that comes with video is very, very real. And how we can, you know, maybe not get over it, but face it. And this is something I also have been talking a lot. If you've been around my world, showing up anyways, how do we show up anyways? So before we hop into this amazing interview with Maya, I just want to talk about a couple things that are going on in our world. This comes out right before our Oakland craft fair, May 7th. So if you are in the Bay Area, I hope to see you there. I'm flying out personally from Massachusetts to Oakland. I will be there for the event. I am stoked as always. So May 7th at Oakland Scottish Rite from 11 to 5. And we will have over 100 craft vendors, okay? We will have a DJ, some fun activations, food truck, all sorts of fun activities, cocktails, and of course, some good small business shopping. So I hope to see you there. Right after that, we will have the Click Picnic May 10th. So if you are a Click member, one of the benefits of the membership is that you get to come to our in-person, private, membership-only events. So we are having a fun Click Picnic in Oakland, and we are making some vision boards. So I'm really excited to get a little crafty and create a vision, create something that I can look at to manifest my vision, turn it into reality. So if you're a Click member and you're listening, I will see you there. If you are interested in joining our membership, we are opening membership shortly. I think the date is, I think we have early June. I don't have the exact date here right now. I'm sorry, but I will put it in the show notes and we will have the link to sign up for the Click membership waitlist in the show notes as well. Our membership is a really, really fun, beautiful offering that we started. I think we're in our second year now. And each month we have a class for members only, either taught by me or a guest artist in all sorts of subjects. So tonight at the time of this recording, I am teaching a time management and scheduling class, which is near and dear to my heart. As most of you know, friendly neighborhood Virgo over here, scheduling is very important to me and is the backbone of my business and is my saving grace. So I am so delighted to teach that class. And we have fun guests coming in to talk about things like Facebook ads or what your website needs to convert. Cool things like that. We don't have our schedule completely in concrete yet for quarter three and quarter four, but that is coming. And the click is a really beautiful 
way to connect with other entrepreneurs and creatives. It feels like a little small family. We're a nice group. We are connected to each other in the Facebook group. We, you know, join the classes. Every month you will also get some sort of digital like worksheet or guide or PDF or template that will help you grow your business. So it's a really fun, tight-knit community, really great thing to join, especially if you're feeling like a little bit alone in your business. If you're feeling like you don't get out of your house much, or you don't know other any other entrepreneurs, or even if you know a lot of other entrepreneurs, this is a great opportunity to be in touch with other creatives often in an educational, fun learning environment. So we will open our click signups in June. So stay tuned for that. What else do we have? We have our first Salem event, May 22nd here in Salem, Massachusetts. And I'm so excited because it's our first event in Salem and we have some fun things going on. Some really fun things. It's an outdoor and indoor event. We have a fun DJ. I'm working on some fun activations that I can't quite talk about yet because it's not in concrete yet. So I don't want to, you know, jinx anything, but we have some fun activations here in which city we're right in the heart of downtown. And if you are in the area or even a little bit outside the area and you want to drive and come to this event, please do. I will be there. I'm so excited. Yeah. And we will have like about 70 vendors for the Salem event. And it just feels really, really good to be on both coasts now. So I hope to see you there. What else do we have going on? Oh, the last thing that I want to say is that we have a couple new items out, right? These are small business centered items. We have our new crew neck sweater, which is this lovely like mint sage color that says, ask me about my small biz. And this is a really fun sweatshirt to use as a conversation starter to talk about your business in real life. So let's say you're at the grocery store and someone reads your sweatshirt and they're like, ask me about your small business. Oh, what is your small business? And then you have an in real life conversation about your business and you hand them a business card and then they find you online and then you build up this like lifetime relationship with this person because they're going to remember about your business because you talked about it in person. We love talking about our business online too, but really cool opportunity to have these conversations. You never know who you're going to meet in person. So the sweatshirt says, ask me about my small biz. And the idea is to get the conversation started about your business. We also have the hats that say small biz owner. And right now we have a blue denim and a khaki. They're both beautiful. I don't know, you know, if we're going to get the blue and khaki again, we might switch colors. So if you like those colors, I say go ahead and get them now. So the small business owner hats. And then we have the find joy shirt, which is sort of my ode to figuring out who I am outside my business. My desire to find joy in the everyday. We have a lovely roller blades on it, roller skates, and a disco ball and some fun flowers. And it's just a very fun chipper shirt. And I've been wearing it nonstop. So yeah, check out our products. They are online, girlgangcraft.com slash shop. If you're wanting to RSVP to either the Salem or Oakland event, girlgangcraft.com slash events. And click members should get a little invite in their email for the picnic. So I hope to see you there. And if you're interested in signing up for the membership, you can sign up on our waitlist online. We also talking, going way ahead here, but in fall, we will be having our first reels course. So it'll be a reels TikTok short form video course. 
I'm really excited about it. It's something I really been passionate about this year. And I think everyone needs to embrace video this year. And I'm really excited to teach you all by teaching it myself. So more information on that later. We do have a wait list for that as well. So you can be first to know. I'll drop the link below and I will stop blabbering. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We really value you listening. I find so much joy in these conversations and I personally learn so much. So I hope you learn from these conversations as well. And if you do, I would love you to do two things. I would love you to write a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. We want those five stars. Tell us something nice. Tell us something you learned from this podcast. And then I'd like you to tell a friend about it. What of your entrepreneur friends would be interested in these conversations? So, okay, I'll stop talking now. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you all. Hope to see you soon at our events and... Let's get into this conversation. Hello, creatives. Welcome to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. We're really excited today because we have Maya Nicole with us on the podcast. Now, I've been following her for a while, and she has blown up on the gram. So I've been following her since maybe she had about 4,000 followers, and she is a very helpful Instagram coach across a lot of niches, small business owners and creators and influencers. So I'll let her go ahead and introduce yourself. Welcome to the podcast, Maya. Hi, thank you. I feel like I don't even need an introduction after that. It was so great. But like we were talking about, I am, I guess, just a creative. I don't really know, I guess, how to even expand off of what you said. You just gave me the best introduction. I feel like I need to like write that down so that I have an introduction for future podcasts. But yeah, I'm a creative on Instagram. Within the last four months, I've grown from 4K to now I just actually hit 70K just today, which is kind of crazy. I feel like I've been working, I'm sure many people who are listening can relate to this, why I feel like I almost felt like Instagram growth was dead. Like up until Reels came around, Reels kind of just revamped Instagram in general and just Instagram growth. And I really figured out how to harness that for my audience and able to grow my account. And now I teach other people how to do the same. I love it. Okay, so let's take a step back. What were you doing before this? That is a great question. So I guess my, I guess starting a little bit farther back, I was in nursing school and that's kind of how I got into the Instagram world actually is when I got into the nursing program at my university, I was looking for a job that was flexible for me to work during school. Obviously, most people know that nursing school, actually just school in general, college in general, who am I kidding? It's just very stressful. There's a lot that's going on. I was looking for a job that I didn't really have to like clock in and clock out. And that's when I came across network marketing. And I thought about it for a while, about three weeks. And I was like, you know what? Like, let's just see where this goes. Like, see where this takes me. And as I had grown up with Instagram, which most people in our generation, you know, grew up in Instagram starting like elementary school, middle school ages, I always loved following people who were making money on Instagram, you know, traveling the world. I just never thought that that was ever a possibility for me. I grew up in a really small town where I didn't know anyone who was actually doing it. I just thought, oh, you know, there's a select few people out there who are making money on Instagram. So when I came across network marketing, I was like, hmm, this could actually be something. And so I started in network marketing. I worked it through my very first semester of nursing school. 
ended up loving it. And my husband just kept teasing me. He's like, so when are you going to drop out of school to take your business full time? And I was like, not going to happen. I worked really hard to get into this program. And I guess he got in my head and I ended up dropping out of college in August of 2020. So network marketing is kind of how I got into that. And then into coaching, which I'm doing now, I just had a lot of people in my DMs of like, how do you grow your Instagram, you know, aesthetics, editing, everything like that. And I was like, I want to help people. I want to help people be able to grow their businesses and be able to, you know, live their dream lives because that's what social media does. And it's so cool that we live in a day and age where that's a possibility. Like if you can think it, then it's going to be a possibility through Instagram, which is super, super cool or any social media platform for that matter. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So can you explain to our community a little bit more about what network marketing is? Yeah, for sure. So network marketing, the simplest way that I can put it is a business in a box. And I think that it is literally the best place to get started. It helps me build such a foundation for what I'm doing today and helps me learn and grow a lot and just learn about business without the stress of like, you know, holding products on stock and anything like that. So to give a I guess more basic overview of what it is, is you're purchasing products to start your business. And then from there you are sharing it on social media. So it's also called social selling. So you're on social media, you're sharing yourself using the products, which I was with a company called Monet. Absolutely love them, hair and skincare products. And it was something I was using daily anyway. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm already washing my hair. Let's see if I can make money off of it. And so I was sharing these products, ended up falling in love with them. And I then was, you know, sharing the products even without like, thinking, you know, people were like, Oh, like, I love your hair. Oh, let me hook you up with these products. I absolutely love them. And so it was just something that kind of just like fit into my daily life, which I absolutely loved. So you purchase the products, you share them on social media, and then you help other people to do the same thing. So you're building a team as well, which is really, really fun because you have that community aspect of people who are very like-minded. You know, they're working towards their dream life. They're helping to, you know, pay the bills for their family or helping themselves get through college. And so you're able to just be surrounded by people, especially women who are just so empowering and so inspiring and motivational. It was, it's amazing. I still have my team and I still have my customers and I just absolutely love network marketing. Okay. So you're still doing that, but also transitioning into more coaching full-time. Is that correct? Yeah. So I wouldn't say like I'm actively doing network marketing. I'm just helping the team that I've built over the last year and a half and then helping any customers if they have questions. If someone comes to me and they're like, Hey, you know, what products are you using? Of course, I'm going to tell them if they want to get hooked up, I'd love to hook anyone up, but I've more so transitioned into like coaching and courses and all of that. Okay, cool. So what do you offer right now in your coaching? What sort of programs do you have right now that can help our creative community? Yeah, for sure. So I I feel like I'm so new to this space. So I'm still like learning and growing. Right now I have one-on-one coaching, which is like an hour session with me. And then they get access to my ebook. They get access to that for free, which is a 70 page ebook of just how to optimize your Instagram. And then as well as that, they get access to me for two weeks post call for like messaging. If they have any additional questions, if you want me to look at like posts that they want approved, anything like that. So that's one of my offers. And then I do niche discovery calls. So if you have questions about your niche or you want to figure out what your niche is, I do 15 minute calls, just kind of figuring out basically how to really hone in on your niche so that you can grow your account. I do account audits. So I just look at the basics of your account and tell you how you can optimize your account for growth. And then I have courses. I have a reels course that I just launched October 1st that 
gives you all the info that I could possibly ever imagine teaching anyone, everything that I've learned about how to utilize Reels for growth, you know, how to turn those viewers into followers, and in turn, you know, being able to build your business as well. And then I have a Reels membership. So I send out weekly trending audio and ideas for product-based businesses and service-based businesses. And then the last thing is I'm launching my Instagram university end of November, and that will be a more comprehensive course or I guess membership for anyone who's wanting to learn more about Instagram in general. I love that. You have been busy. Yes. (laughs) Short amount of time. Yes. So, okay. So let's take a step back and talk about Instagram growth. Cause I know that's really something that you have been focused on. And I know a lot of our business community is really focused on that as well. And so you mentioned earlier about Instagram growth sort of being dead. I know a lot of us have had, uh, you know, experience with our images, our product images, not being received well with engagement going down with our followers plateauing or losing followers. And I know it can be really scary and exhausting and disappointing for a lot of creators. Yeah. I agree with you. I think reels have sort of, you know, they're also really scary for a lot of people, but I think they've given us this opportunity to be seen on a more expansive space just to get your business in front of more eyes, basically. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you think reels have helped creatives on the platform? Oh yeah, for sure. I think the number one thing, which is a thing that most people don't think about, but the personal connection, you're able to get to know someone so much better than just looking at a picture or, you know, looking at a carousel post, which anytime I say carousel post, I'm talking about like basically like infographics, those don't show your personality. I mean, yes, you have a brand and you have a brand voice, but reels have really allowed people to show who they are, showcase who they are. And I think that with that as well, I mean, every niche is going to be in any industry is saturated, right? And so I feel like reels have really allowed people to basically like showcase who they are and why they're different and why people should, you know, follow them or what they can learn from them. So I feel like it's allowed us to really just step out of I guess just like our little comfort zones of like just posting pictures and like showcase who we are and have that personal connection with our followers. And when you have that personal connection, that's what's going to help you to grow because people want to know that like, number one, that you care about them, but also that they can relate to you, that you're a human being, you know, you make mistakes and you like to have fun. And, you know, and I just think that that's one of the coolest thing about reels is that you're able to showcase who you are and not just through like, oh, you know, dancing videos, but like, if you love doing voiceovers, you know, if you don't love doing voiceovers, if you love doing the reels where you're pointing to different things, like all those little things that people don't think about, that's showcasing your personality, which is really, really cool. So that's, I guess, the number one thing that I would say. And number two, like you were saying, just reiterating that it's allowed people to, it's allowed you to reach a lot larger audience, you know, Previously, our carousel posts and static posts, they only lasted like 48 to 72 hours. And then that was it. Like that was it. And now our reels, they can last, you know, up to six plus weeks and you're gaining traction on that. And you're able to get your content out to a lot more eyes, which means your message is being spread, which is absolutely awesome because I know that there's probably a lot of people listening to this who have something that they love sharing that's probably life-changing. And so you're able to get your message out there. Okay. So... Do you think you need to show your face and your personality as a product-based business? 
Ooh, that is a really great question. That's like a hot topic in my DMs for sure. And I definitely feel like my answer personally is yes. And it just goes back to that personal connection. If you want to build a brand, you're going to have to be the face of your brand, even if it is products. And that's not to say that like you have to post like selfies or anything like that. Definitely not. But showcasing who you are in regards to your brand, like you're the one that created your business. You know, you're the one that's creating your products or, you know, shipping out your products, whatever it is. You're the one that's building your business. People can't connect to a picture of earrings, you know, but people can connect to, you know, a video of you showing how to wear those earrings. So yes, the answer, the short answer is yes, I do feel like it is very important. Can you grow without it? Yes, you can, but I feel like you're going to grow so much quicker. I know that you're going to grow so much quicker if you do put your face on camera. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the world is moving towards supporting small businesses and they want to see, you know, the people behind the business. They want to know why they're buying a candle from you versus Target and, you know, figuring out ways to showcase your products is difficult, especially for a lot of people who are more introverted or afraid to show their face for various reasons. What sort of tips do you have for those creators who are feeling a little bit shy about starting reels and feeling shy in particular to like showing their face? Yeah, that's a great question. So something I will always preach is that the only way to overcome fear is through action. And that doesn't mean that you have to just jump right on day one, your first reel and put your face on camera. I mean, if that's you, like go you, kudos, like awesome, definitely do that. But get to know how to use reels first, you know, do some product transitions where you're showing a picture of a product and maybe you bring it towards the camera and it blacks out and then you switch out the product and then you bring it back out and it's a different product. Like that's not putting your face on camera, but you're still able to figure out how to use this short form video content because it is so new to the platform and so new in general. I mean, even with TikTok, it's only been around for, you know, a year, a year and a half. And so it's such a new type of content, but like you said, it is the future. So getting to know it and starting to utilize it now is going to put you a hundred times ahead of everyone else who's going to wait another year to jump on reels or jump on TikToks or any short form video for that matter. So just figure out how to use the platform first, how to use that video content. And then as you continue using it, I promise your confidence is going to grow and you're going to be like, oh, I hear this song. I should put my face on camera. Like I would love to do a reel like that. Or you'll see someone else's reel and you'll want to use that for inspiration because of the way that they did it. So start small. Don't feel like you have to put your face on camera every single time. Figure out how to use the platform first and that will help build your confidence through action. Absolutely. Great advice. Are you on TikTok too? I am on TikTok. I'm not a TikTok expert whatsoever. I was actually very anti-TikTok for a while. And then I was like, I have also something else I preach is repurposing your content. So I was like, you know what? I'm already making these videos on Instagram. Why would I not put them on TikTok? Like that just didn't even make sense. So most of my TikToks are just repurposed Instagram reels, but I am on that platform as well. What do you think the biggest difference is between TikTok and Instagram that you've found? I mean, for your specific content. Yeah, for sure. I think that the biggest thing is TikTok is there will always be like the entertaining, like, oh, this is funny, like do dance videos. But I feel like TikTok is ahead of reels in the way of like talking content. Like there are a lot of people who just hop on and they talk and 
they provide a lot of value and a lot of education and that's awesome. But on Instagram, those types of short form videos usually don't perform as well. And I think that it's because again, everything that happens on TikTok usually comes over to Instagram, you know, two weeks, three weeks, a few months later, especially with features. So I think that that's definitely going to be transitioning over to reels as well. But I think that that's the biggest difference, especially within like my niche and my industry specifically is most people are doing that talking content versus just like, more like curated content, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. And I found personally that some of that talking content does well on TikTok and where it would belong on Instagram is almost like my stories and those stories can transition to TikTok. So I feel like there's a lot more like rawness available with TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I think that again, that's going to transition over to reels eventually over to Instagram, but we're just behind on Instagram like TikTok is way ahead of us versus like on reels. But again, everything that trends usually on TikTok comes over to Instagram. So you work a lot with trending sounds. Do you do the sounds in the Instagram app or do you start from TikTok? I always start on Instagram and then I move it over to TikTok. And there's definitely problems that you will run into doing it this way, just because TikTok is really quick to like restrict audios, especially if it's an audio that has like any copyrighted music in it. So sometimes you'll run into issues or I run into issues when I'm trying to repurpose my reel onto TikTok that the audio is no longer available to use. Sometimes I'll just use a different audio or I just won't upload it on TikTok at all. But that's personally how I do it. I absolutely love Instagram and I feel like personally it's way more user-friendly. But again, I've hopped on calls with people who are like, I create all mine in TikTok is way more user-friendly and then I move it over to Instagram. So I think it's whatever you feel most comfortable with. Again, that's going to help you to take action if you're comfortable. So, well, actually, now that I'm saying that out loud, don't wait to be comfortable to take action, but take action wherever you feel is going to be the best. Totally. So I have the opposite workflow. And the reason that I do that is because then I like screen record from TikTok and then I move into Instagram. So are you downloading after you post on Instagram and then are you uploading with the watermark on TikTok? That's a great question. So before I even upload my reel, once I've gotten like the text, everything on there, it's basically done, ready to post. On that screen where you can add text, there's a button at the top where there's a little download. I will download that before I actually post my reel. That way I don't have to go through that extra step of taking the watermark off. If for some reason I forget, then I'll just upload it onto a watermark remover and then I'll upload it on TikTok. But definitely don't be posting with TikTok watermarks on Instagram or Instagram watermarks on TikTok. So when you download before you post though on that screen, the sound gets taken away, right? Correct. Okay. And so then you'll where, find a new sound in TikTok. Okay. Yep. And that's where, like I was saying before, I, sometimes I run into issues with that where the sound might be restricted on TikTok because, you know, it's been around for a while because most trends on TikTok come over to Instagram around like two to three weeks later. And so if that's the case, I will either not post it or I'll try and find an audio that's similar. I'm just not super concerned about my TikTok just because it's not my main focus as of right now. My main focus really is on Instagram. But yeah, I'll just go into the search bar and especially if there's words in the song that I would have been using on Instagram, I'll just search those in the search bar and then I can find the song from there. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. 
in comes Zencaster. So Zencaster is what we use to podcast. Anyone can use it. Seriously, it's so easy. Not only can you record audio, but you can invite your interviewee onto the platform to also record their audio. Plus, you can record both video. So that's a really cool feature that we love to use. It keeps everything all organized on your dashboard so you can find the audio and the podcast that you're looking for to send to your editor or to edit yourself. Zencaster also has automatic transcripts, which is really cool for when you are working on summaries or making your show notes. So check out Zencaster and we can give you 30% off with our code. Go to zen.ai slash girlgangcraftthepod1 for 30% off. Again, that's zen.ai slash girlgangcraftthepod1. Best of luck, future podcasters. Do you find that your audience is different on TikToks and Instagram? No, I don't feel like it is. I mean, of course, there are different people on TikTok, and that's the benefit of repurposing your content on different platforms. But audience-wise, I mean, most of them are still entrepreneurs and small business owners, which is exactly who my target audience is on Instagram as well. Right. Interesting. Let's talk about niching down because I know that you talk about it a lot and I want to hear about how your growth really skyrocketed when you niche down and what is niching down? And also what if you really don't want to niche down? Tell us. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think that's probably my most frequently asked question is about niche and the biggest fear that people have with niche is that if they're talking to one person or if they niche down, that they're not going to be able to help a lot of people because you are talking to one person. Whereas on my side of the perspective of things with niching, you're able to talk to a lot more people. And this is the reason why. So say, for example, you are in the fitness industry and you are going to target everyone in fitness, people who do yoga, people who do boxing, people who do weightlifting, okay? You're gonna have a lot of content that you need to be posting. It's gonna seem very overwhelming, the amount of content that you're gonna be posting. And you're gonna see a large fluctuation in your followers, and this is why. Say one day you post about yoga, you post a reel about yoga, it was awesome, gets a lot of views. The next day you post about weightlifting, Those are two totally separate things. And most people who like yoga probably don't like weightlifting. I mean, of course, there's going to be some people who cross over for sure. And so you're going to see that fluctuation in your followers. Whereas say, for example, you're in the fitness industry, but you're specifically focused on yoga, like let's say hot yoga, for example, that's a very specific niche would be hot yoga. You're going to post one day about, you know, five techniques for doing the downward dog. The next day, you're going to talk about the five reasons why hot yoga is so amazing. Those two things correlate. So the person who came to your page for the downward dog tips are also going to be like, oh, this is why I need hot yoga. Those two things apply. So you're going to see a lot less fluctuation in your followers. And on top of that, not only are you going to attract people who like hot yoga, you're still going to attract other people who like yoga in general, people who love going on yoga retreats, people who love, you know, practicing yoga in their living room. So you're still going to attract people outside of just people who like hot yoga, but you're way less overwhelmed with your content because it's very specific to one person. Totally makes sense. 
So a lot of our listeners are product-based businesses, business owners. So how do you niche down in a way? I think a lot of our community is scared of overselling and bothering people. Now, you know, in our community, we talk about that, you know, that's sort of a patriarchal thing. And, you know, we want to take up space and, you know, to have a business, we have to, you know, we have to talk about our product. Yeah. But so what sort of content do you think product-based business owners can create that is maybe, you know, in addition to just showing their products, you know, maybe it's education. I don't know if you could just share some other ideas for product-based business owners to make their page more inviting maybe. Yeah, for sure. Man, I have so many ideas for product-based businesses. Obviously, like you were saying, like, here's my product, look at my product. But what does your product do? You know, maybe going back to the earring example I was talking about, maybe it is that you create custom earrings. Awesome. Show that on a person, you know, show how, you know, show the difference between your dangling earrings versus your stud earrings and maybe a hairstyle that works best with that or, you know, how you can dress up your earrings for a Thanksgiving party. That's providing value and it's still selling your product, but it's in a very indirect way and a very not salesy way at all, right? Because you're showcasing how your product works, what it looks like, and people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, I have a Thanksgiving party. I want those earrings. Those would be perfect, right? And so that's like one of my biggest tips is like thinking about how you can showcase your product in action. You know, if say for example, this is something that would be like that you don't actually put on someone. Say for example, you do a wooden shelf. Maybe that's like you create wooden shelves. Awesome. Show that in action. Show that in a home. You know, show how that wooden shelf can be decorated with different things for each season, you know, like here is fall, here is, you know, winter. What are the decorations that you put on top of that? That's showing the product in action. It helps people to visualize what it's going to look like, how it's going to, you know, perform in their home or on them as a person, if you have like earrings, for example. So showing it in action. Do you think behind the scenes videos and content works well for product-based businesses? Oh, for sure. Because people are able to see you see the process they're able to see what exactly they are supporting and what you're doing on a day-to-day basis people love that type of content and also time lapses too like it's really intriguing for people i love i sit for hours and watch time lapses of like people like creating artwork or you know people creating like clay earrings and stuff like that i love seeing the timeline of how they do it and the process behind things. Again, just going back to that connection, people are able to connect with your brand. They see that you are, you take a lot of time and energy to pour your heart into creating these products or, you know, packaging these products. If you're not necessarily making the products, packaging them, you know, how do you package them with love? Do you share a cute little handwritten note? Showcase those things because that's that personal aspect to it. Okay. Here's another sort of conversation that's a little bit different than this. Do you think hashtags are still important? Ooh, this is very (laughs) charged topic. (laughs) Yes, it is for sure. I think that hashtags do help you. They 110% do. Do I think that you should pour your time and energy into those hashtags, like researching them? No, I don't. So here are my best hashtag tips. Keep your hashtags between 30K and 500K. 
anything above 500k is basically like a black hole. Your post is going to get lost, which that's the whole point of using a hashtag is so your post can be found. Anything below 30k, not a lot of people are using it, which means probably not a lot of people are looking at it. Again, your post is not going to be seen. So keeping it within that range. How do you find hashtags that are within the 30 to 50k range? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you are, say, creating a post and you've typed out your caption and you're going to start putting in your hashtags, say you type in hashtag sunset, right underneath that hashtag, there's going to be a number and it's going to tell you how many posts have been uploaded underneath that hashtag. Again, if it's over 500k, I'd toss it or something else that you can do is say you typed in hashtag sunset, there's going to be other hashtags that pop up underneath it. Find one that has less hashtags it's still going to probably apply to whatever it is that you are doing, but it has less hashtags, which means it's gonna help you a lot more. Does that help? Totally. Awesome. And then my second tip would be to make them niche specific and ideal client specific. So I think that the reason why there are so many recommendations for hashtags out there, use three to five, use eight to 15, use all 30. They're just all over the place. And I think that the reason why the three to five recommendation came out, which is like the latest recommendation from the creator account on Instagram. I think the reason why that came about is because people are using hashtags that don't apply to their posts. They don't apply to their niche. And so when you're told use three to five hashtags, you're probably going to think a little bit harder about the hashtags that you use versus if you're using all 30. So if you can use all 30 niche based and ideal client specific hashtags, awesome. I say run with it. I use closer to like 20 to 25 hashtags. That's what I I've seen work best for me and I've seen so many clients where that number between like 15 to 30 works so much better than three to five. You're giving yourself a way better chance of being seen the more hashtags that you use. It's just, in my opinion, it's just common sense and I don't think that Instagram would give you 30 hashtags if they didn't want you to use all 30 hashtags. That being said, there are going to be some accounts out there who use three to five and it works great for them. I'm not saying that you can't use three to five, just making sure that they are niche specific and industry specific. So what do you mean about making a hashtag for your ideal audience? What does that look like? Yeah. So let me think of an example really quick. Let's say that you are, I actually just got off a a one-on-one coaching call. So I'll use her for example. She helps course creators create email funnels. So her ideal audience is someone who's created a course, which is probably going to be probably an entrepreneur. So one of her ideal audience hashtags might be like hashtag women in entrepreneurship. That might be an ideal audience or ideal client based hashtag. If you don't know your ideal audience, your ideal client, just think about who your ideal follower would be. And the reason why this type of hashtag is important is say, for example, we go back to that niche that I just talked about. A niche hashtag for her would be like hashtag sales funnel or hashtag like email service or something like that. That would be a niche based hashtag. Most of her ideal clients or ideal audience are not going to be searching those types of hashtags or looking at them. Whereas hashtag women and entrepreneurship, they're probably going to be searching that. They're probably going to be looking at that. So it's important to have both because having those niche based hashtags helps the algorithm to get to know what your account is and who they should push your content to, aka on the explore page. Whereas the ideal audience is more of like, okay, how can I target who my ideal client is or my ideal customer? It's going to be through those ideal audience hashtags. So I would use like almost like 50-50 with like niche based and ideal audience based. 
That's a really good distinction. I like that. Okay. So if you're, let's take the jewelry based business again, let's say someone's making clay earrings. How do they figure out who their ideal audience is? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you've already kind of been at it for a while, if you've already started your business, I would definitely look at your insights for sure. That's going to tell you a lot of things. It's going to tell you the age range. It's going to tell you where people live. And it's going to tell you when people are most active. So looking at your insights, it's going to give you a really good idea of like where to get started. Also looking at your comments, people who are commenting are probably who your ideal client is or your ideal customer. And I guess in this sense, because they're the ones that are engaged with your content. They're the ones that are interested in what you have to share. So looking at their profile and then taking notes, being like, okay, obviously probably females, if they're wearing clay earrings, what is their age range? You know, probably like 20 to 25. Awesome, that's their age range. What do they do? You know, maybe they are in college and you're specifically targeting college students and maybe you sell a little bit cheaper clay earrings so that you can target that type of audience. Or maybe your target audience is people who are like in their 50s to 60s. They have a little bit more money to spend on those and maybe your ideal not ideal. Maybe your clay earrings are a little bit more pricey. So just thinking about that, because say, for example, you're like, okay, my target audience is women. Awesome. But who, you know, is it moms? Is it college students? Because college students are going to have a different budget than people who, again, are in their, you know, late fifties, sixties, who have been working, or even just people who have a solid job in general, you know, people in their thirties. So really thinking about who you want to target and then creating posts that target those types of people or pricing your product to target that type of person. I think that's really helpful. And I think something to walk away from all of that is to be your own researcher. Like you have all the information in front of you from, you know, your Instagram, from, you know, crafters, if you're doing that and just, you know, taking notes and having this like science experiment, like be your full-time job because you learn so much from just observing the people around you and your customers already. So I think just continuing to you know, stay engaged with who's engaged with you. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that is continual. It's not just something you're going to do when you're just trying to figure out who your ideal audience is. Like that's something that I sit down and do on a weekly basis. You know, am I getting to where I want to go? Am I hitting my goals? If not, why? Doing the research, figuring out best posting times, anything like that. You're, it's something that's going to be very continual. So if you start that habit early on in your business, you're going to be a hundred times ahead. Okay. So batching content, do you do it? Can you take us a little bit through your methods for, you know, figuring out what on earth you're going to post every day? Yeah, for sure. I definitely batch content. I recommend everyone batches content just because life happens. Like if you think one day that you're going to sit down, even this happens on my batch days where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to batch content today. Something happens. And then I don't batch that content, which I always have, you know, backup content to fall back on, but life just happens. And so batching content really helps you to stay consistent when life gets in the way. So with Reels specifically, how I batch my content, I usually batch every two weeks. That's just what works best for me. I can usually batch enough content to last me that amount of time. Anything above two weeks for Reels, if you're especially trying to hit on that trending audio, I wouldn't recommend just because trends come and go so fast. 
So within that two week time period, I am collecting my ideas. So I have a running list of notes on my phone that's like literally just like all of my jumbled ideas. Mainly it's like hooks that I would use. So for example, like five tips for creating reels. If I think about that or like I see something that inspires me, I'm gonna write that down. The other thing that I do during that two week period leading up to my next batch day is I'm saving audios and I'm saving reels for inspiration. That way, when I come to batch my content, I don't have to sit down for six hours, find all my ideas, find all my audio, then film it, then edit it. And then, you know, then it's such a production. And so when you take it into little pieces over those two weeks where you're collecting your ideas, you're collecting the audio, you're collecting reels for inspiration. Then when you sit down, it's like, okay, I have this audio and I'm going to connect it with this idea that I have. I'm going to film this, then I'm going to edit it. And then it's so much quicker. So I usually take about two to three hours during my batch day and I just batch out a ton of content. I post six reels a week, so I'm batching out a lot more content. If you don't post as many reels a week, it's probably not going to take you as long to batch out your content. That being said, and this is very important. If you're starting out, it's gonna take you a little bit longer. Don't get frustrated. You'll get more comfortable with it. When I started out, man, it probably took me an hour to make a reel. And now within a two to three hour time period, I can batch out you know, 20 to 30 reels. And it's just, again, I've created a simple process for myself. And if that doesn't work for you, what I said doesn't work for you, find something that does work for you. So that's specifically for reels, for carousel posts, a lot of my ideas for my reels also go into my carousel posts, which are like my infographics. And so it's the same running list that I use. And I usually batch those out again every two weeks. Sometimes I can batch them out for an entire month, which that's what's really nice about like your infographics is they're not going to be outdated because you're not using trending audio on them. So you can batch them out for a lot longer amount of time. Again, it just depends on how many ideas you have, how much time you have to sit down and create those. And same thing, I do those for emails as well. I batch them out at the beginning of every month. Okay, so you said you're posting six reels a week and then you're also posting a bunch of carousels. So how many carousels are you posting a week? So I originally, how I got up to, I think it was 50K was posting six reels a week. So I take off Sundays and then I was posting carousel posts Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So there were three days of the week that I was posting twice. There was a period of time where I was experimenting with posting more carousel posts just because I wanted to see if it would help accelerate my growth. And now I'm back down to about three carousel posts a week. And anyone listening, you don't have to do that many. (laughs) Like this is my full-time job is literally like posting on Instagram, experimenting, researching so that you don't have to do that. Don't feel like you have to post that many. If you're looking for optimal growth, four carousel posts a week and like two feed posts, whether that's a static post or a carousel post. And like I said, a lot of that can be batched out in advance. So don't let that overwhelm you, you know, batch out your captions, you know, have hashtags saved in advance, batch out all, you can batch out all of your carousel posts for the entire month. You know, that's, if you did two carousel posts a week, that's only eight posts, you know, and you can definitely sit down one day and do that for, you know, one to two hours, however long it takes you to create those. And then you're done for the entire month and you just have to click the post button. So there are definitely ways to minimize that overwhelm because I definitely, I know, I know it can be overwhelming sometimes. So don't feel like you have to do it to that scale in order to grow. If you are posting consistently, you're going to grow. It's just the amount of growth that you're going to see just depending on how much you're posting. 
And are you using a planning app like Planoly or anything? That's a great question. I use Preview to plan out my feed in advance, but I don't schedule any posts. I believe in posting in real time. Instagram loves that you spend more time on the app. So of course they're going to reward you for that. Does this mean you have to spend six hours on the app every single day in order to grow? Absolutely not. But when you are scheduling out those posts, it's basically telling Instagram that you don't have time to hop on. That being said, if you can't sit down and post, it's so much better to schedule it out than to not post at all. So I'm definitely not saying that you can't use a scheduler. I just really love engaging in real time and that's gonna help you to grow as well. So I sit on my post usually for like 10 to 15 minutes after just responding to comments. And if no comments have came in, I look back at my last two posts, respond to any comments I haven't replied to, or I go to my direct messages and make sure that those have been responded to. So. I just love engaging in real time. I feel like it lets my followers know that I care about them, that I'm going to be there to answer their questions versus just like having, you know, something schedule out my post. I'm not the person that's going to remember to hop on at whatever time my post has been scheduled to engage. But if that works for you, then awesome. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, you know, we can't pre-schedule carousels or reels anyways at this point too. So, I mean, I think taking that away from this conversation, those are really the most poignant types of posts. I really think, I also think memes do really well personally, depending on your brand, but I think the product photo is not necessarily going to get the most engagement, you know, unfortunately, and it used to, right. I think that was something that a lot of us had leaned on, especially as product-based business owners, And it's time to dive into the other types of posts and content. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. You also mentioned emails and I know that you use Flowdesk and tell us about building your email list alongside with growing your community on Instagram. Yeah. I think that that's such an important thing that is often overlooked. I mean, I overlooked that with network marketing. I used Flowdesk, so I've been using it for a long time, but I only used it for like my customers and my team. And so I wasn't building it. That's like my biggest tip. Like literally, if you can take anything away from this, start building an email list, even if you only have 50 followers, because it's going to help you so much moving forward. And that also helps, like you said, you know, how do you sell without feeling salesy? your email list. It's just a totally different platform than on Instagram. Like the things that you can share on your email list, if you shared those on Instagram, people would be like, hmm. And not to say that like that's bad or anything, but it is just such a different platform. So growing your email list, start as soon as possible. How to grow your email list, get people an incentive to sign up for your email list. Right now I have a free Instagram checklist. So if someone goes and signs up, I have it set up so it automatically just sends them an Instagram checklist and then provide value frequently. It doesn't have to be every single week if you don't have content for that. You know, it could be bi-monthly, whatever you want it to be, but continue to provide value for that audience because it's your audience. Those people on your email list are gonna be the ones that are most likely to purchase whatever you have to offer because they're the ones that not just are following you on Instagram, but took that additional step to sign up for your email list. So. Do it as soon as possible and create something that is an incentive for them to get signed up. And if you're a product-based business, you're like, okay, I can't, you know, share five tips for whatever, you know, give them a 20% off or 10% off discount code for signing up for your email list. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It can literally be, or like a buy one, get one free, whatever type of offer you want to give them. But having that email list is going to be extremely, extremely important. 
Absolutely. And so, okay, since you grew so fast in such a short period of time, what did you do to prepare for that growth? And I'm also sort of curious if you have a team or if it's just you or sort of what the structure of your business looks like right now. I guess that's kind of two questions, but (laughs) yeah. So I'm actually just, it's just me. I'm just a one woman show over here. I'm definitely looking at beginning of the year to start hiring on people just because I'm at that point in my business where I'm looking to scale, but everything just kind of happened so quick. I haven't really had time to like sit down and think about it. So how did I prepare for my growth? Honestly, I didn't. I was not prepared for it whatsoever within. So end of July is when I started to grow like middle end of July. I think I hit 10K, so 4K to 10K like by the end of July. And I was like, you know what? growth is going to slow down after this. Like, you know, like I hit that 10K mark and that truthfully was like my goal. Like I was just like, got to hit that 10K. It wasn't even for like the swipe up link or anything. It was just like, I don't know why. It's just that number for a lot of people. It was that number for me. And so I almost expected it to slow down. So I didn't really prep for anything. And then I just kept growing and kept growing. And I kind of just learned to adapt along the way. My biggest piece of advice for anyone who is in any situation like this, whether it's your business or your following, it's okay to not know everything and it's okay to not have everything all figured out or everything done. I have people every day who ask me, oh, do you have a membership about, you know, Instagram or can I join this or, and I can't serve everyone. I don't have it all ready. I don't have it all done. There are questions that I still don't know. Am I as experienced as, you know, other Instagram experts out there? No, I'm not. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not. I'm learning along the way, but I think that that has been part of my brand, like showing people that I'm learning along the way, that they're part of my journey and that I'm not perfect. I am not perfect. And so just give yourself some grace. Like it's okay to be where you are, enjoy the journey and don't feel like you have to, you know, put out a hundred courses or anything like that in order to be successful because you're building your brand and those people are going to stick around. And when you end up, you know, creating whatever it is that you're creating, whether it's a product or a course or a service, those people, you've built a community of people who are going to support you. Yes. We love it. And that was such a good note to end on. So This has been so good, Maya. Can you tell our community where they can find you? So my main one is obviously Instagram. I'm at at Maya Nicole on Instagram and basically Maya Nicole on everything else that you can find me at as well. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Maya. This has been such a pleasure. I hope you follow her on Instagram to get all of her tips and you can check out your, her real course. If you're ready to dive into reels. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute blast. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.